Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Yes, folks, your obsession. All right, how are you? It is by Anna Motion, the Saturday night's main event scene from 1985. 1-724-444-7044. No, I'm not Mr. WCW Chad Inshaw, but I am the Iceman Jared Draw, filling in for Mr. WCW Chad Inshaw, who hopefully will be here in moments, however, as I am taking over the reins here, at least for now here on episode number 299 here for this Friday night, March the 3rd, 2017. And with me, ladies and gentlemen, is my co-host of Raw Radio, if you will, joining me live from Front Royal, Virginia, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome to the air the human suplex machine, John Gross. John, how are you doing tonight? Okay, John will be with us in a few minutes, ladies and gentlemen. As we said, I am taking over the reins here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, for Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw, who, of course, hopefully will be with us here in just a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. And as we said, we got a lot to talk about here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. 
here on the show. Of course, last night, as you know, some of the news stories going on. We we're expecting uh, hopefully King NWO Gerard T. Smith joining us on the line here in just a little bit. As uh, Unfortunately, the Black Widow is not going to be joining us tonight. Michelle Lynn Dodds, of course, she is under the weather due to the fact that she's got the flu. And Michelle, I just want to say from myself and John and the gang, Hopefully you'll be feeling better over the weekend and be back with us this Sunday as we will be celebrating episode number 300 in the book. Yes, folks, episode number 300 here on Revolution, ladies and gentlemen. And we also will have the Fastlane pre-show beginning at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this coming Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, we might have some bets along the way as well. But in the meantime, if you want to give us a call, one seven two four 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 seventy forty four. Caller ID one three eight zero five five pound. You can join us right now. We will be here till eleven o'clock this evening, ladies and gentlemen. As I said, how it should be a great show. And let's check in now with the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross. John, are you with us right now? Hello, John. John Gross, are you there? Okay, uh, John Gross will be joining us here hopefully in just a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we got some news to report, so let's get into it right now. Of course, a lot to talk about since uh, we were with you last night, ladies and gentlemen. Let's uh, tell you what's on tap, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Newswire today, as I am one half of the news duo, ladies and gentlemen, involving uh, King Ice, if you will. And I believe John's now with us. John, nope, John's not with us. Okay, John will be back with us, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully in just a few minutes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, last night, as you know, TNA, of course, Impact Wrestling, however, which did 275,000 viewers the week before, went up to 293,000. So apparently an increase of 18,000 uh, Viewers watching the show last night, what was a very interesting night, to say the least, of what went on last night, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, a lot uh, pertaining to the big announcement that last night, Alberto El Patron, better known to you all as Alberto Del Rio, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, formerly of the WWE, and his girlfriend, uh, Paige showed up at TNA Impact tapings at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. As a result, Alberto El Patron, as a result, took on the TNA World's Champion Bobby Lashley in the main event, we understand. And as a result, he decided to, uh, well, make a big statement his first night, however, in a big-time way by challenging Bobby Lashley for the TNA World's Heavyweight title. As a result, ladies and gentlemen, he made a statement indeed, however, by winning the TNA World's title against Bobby Lashley, despite a couple times he bumped the referee. Well, earlier tonight, ladies and gentlemen, however, according to reports, ladies and gentlemen, that suddenly changed. As a result, however, earlier tonight, ladies and gentlemen, according to reports shortly before the TV tapings took place, however, that I'm sure will air in the coming weeks, however, mind you, as a result, he decided to basically give back the TNA World title. Yes, folks, he gave back the TNA World's title, if you will. Also, ladies and gentlemen, some other news to report, of course. We understand, however, mind you, that Matt Morgan, believe it or not, will be at tonight's TNA 
uh, tapings as a result. We understand, however, he will not be showing up tonight, however, for the show, but could be showing up as early as tomorrow, however, as I believe they will be doing a rare afternoon taping at Universal Studios there in Orlando, Florida, if you will, coming up. And joining us on the line now, ladies and gentlemen, is the human suplex machine, John Groza. Are you with us there, John? Hello, John. Yes, Yes. can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Okay, yes, uh, we can hear you fine, John. Uh, We were just talking, of course, as you know, I am filling in for Chad right now because Chad apparently is not with us at the moment. However, I did mention the story about Alberto Del Rio, if you will, however, mind you. As a result, however, we understand that apparently tonight, however, he gave back the TNA World's title. Uh, Last night, he won the title due to a ref bump. Tonight, he gives back the title. What's your take of what's going on? Well, as you can see, TNA has dug themselves a bigger hole more than they would. It's starting to be like WCW all over again. Yes. Oh, yes, I would would definitely agree. I mean, last night, Alberto shows up unexpectedly before the show. He uh, somehow is challenged in Bobby Lashley for the title, and despite the so-called quote-unquote dusty finish, if you will, he wins it because of a couple ref bumps. Then tonight, he comes back and says, that's not the way I wanted to win it. That's not the way I wanted it to go down. As a result, I'm giving the title back. I mean... Just in my opinion, I think it was too little, too late for this to happen. And I mean, yeah, everyone's saying TNA is trying to get better. And last night they kind of went up in the ratings a little bit, but really they didn't go up a whole heck of a lot. And of course, we saw what happened earlier in the evening. And uh, now there is some talk about some other stuff, which we'll get into in just a few minutes. But as a result, this just is uh, putting more gasoline on an already uh, out of control fire, to say the least. Yeah, just just takes the cake, you know? Yeah, it does. It does. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. No question about and it. And TNA used to be once a good good show, but now they've just, ever since Dixie Carter, Hulk Hogan, Sting, turning on all of them left, yep. they've just burned it down to the ground. They have. I would agree. I would 100% agree with you. No doubt about it. I, I would 100% agree with you at this point because it just seems like no one cares and uh, they're losing their core audience. Uh, some other news to report, speaking of uh, uh, members of TNA, we understand that the Hardys, Matt and Jeff Hardy, who got their release earlier this week, now are in early discussion talks with WWE. What do you make of this whole story? Oh, yes. I, ho- I hope this happens. I hope this comes true. But I do not see WWE using that broken Matt Hardy gimmick. I, I just think it's too risky. It is. It is. I think it's. If it's like it's like a, a what was it? A few months ago, we saw all the big name tag teams being coming to the uh, Hardy's compound, and then all of a sudden it went up. And I mean, it just uh, Matt and Jeff kind of uh, ripped on Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family. I mean, could we see? I mean, a possible match maybe between the high, the Hardys and the Wyatts. I mean, what's your take? I love you guys. See you later. All right. Well. um... I see the way that they're going to put this. Um, I don't know if Frank Wyatt will have a new membership, but I also found out earlier today that Elias Sampson may be joining the main roster. Yeah, yeah, the Broken Cowboy. I heard something about that. Yes, I I did hear something about that, too. I've been hearing some scuttlebutt about that, yes. Yeah. And I'm home right now. Okay. That's 
Well, I just I can now confirm, ladies and gentlemen, that we are expecting in a few minutes, hopefully, Mr. WCW Chad Hinshaw, as uh, he will be taking over the reins here. Hopefully, we're coming in as uh, a special a part of the show tonight. Uh, John, another story that we're following very carefully, however, uh, obviously, is Arnold Schwarzenegger has announced, however, that he has quit. Quit. The Celebrity Apprentice, however. As horrible as that joke is, I regret nothing. He told Empire Magazine that he will not return to host of the another season, saying, I learned a lot, I had a great time, it was a great opportunity, but I would not want to do it again. He says it's because, however, of Donald Trump. What's your take on this whole story about Arnold? Well, good for Schwarzenegger. That's all i got to say. Yes, oh, I would agree. And he went on to say this, however. It's not about the show because everyone I ran into came up to me and said, I love the show. But I turned it off because as soon as I read Trump's name, I'm out of here. NBC did everything they could to promote the show, and producer Mark Burnett did a fantastic job. I'm taking over tonight. Excuse me. No one really knew that this was going to happen, and I think that everyone was caught off guard. When people found out that he was still involved as executive producer, however, and was still receiving money from the show, then half the people started to boycott. So there you go. Those are his uh, direct words, if you will. Do uh, I hear any? Good. I hear something. I do too. It's Chad. Yes, folks, I believe, you're, I believe you're right there, John. It is, ladies and gentlemen, as we can hear the music, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mr. WCW himself, Chad Hinshaw, I believe coming in right now in a few minutes here to join us here on the episode number 299 edition of Revolution, ladies and gentlemen, as it is our fearless leader, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. And I can see it now on the caller ID. It is him, in fact. So he will be on here in a second. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the captain of the ship, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, however, the host of Revolution, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. WCW himself, Chad Hinshaw. Chad, how are you tonight? Well, first off, uh, not taking me by surprise here, but my apologies for not making it on. Well, you said you needed a backup. If you ever needed a backup, I'd supply it and I'd help you out in this case. And, 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 I have said that, yes, and you got some very bad uh, echo in here. I think it's John. John, is that your echo there? Um, no, no I'm just playing with my uh, Xbox battery. Well, that, that, that's understandable. Um, yeah, there's, ladies and gentlemen, it is myself, of course, once again, Mr. WWS, Chad Hinshaw. My apologies for getting on on such a late hour. Um, uh, of course, that's one of those things that happens whenever, of course, you have to Try to get the body at a point to where you want to make sure you're comfortable enough. You'll be able to sit around, sit up, and do the and do uh, the show as always here this evening. But uh, of course, unfortunately, I guess something happened towards that time that the body got too relaxed, and well, so I do. Uh, uh, even though, even though, yes, I did. I did give this. I did say this. In the event something like this was to happen, I did say this, ladies and gentlemen. I am not, I am not referring to the Iceman Jared DiGirolamo as a liar, but like I said, I just caught me off guard and caught me by surprise. Uh, so, so I do thank the Iceman and also the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, for bringing, uh, for bringing the uh, 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 so far uh, 
some um, some inter- some interesting tidbits here, um, <clears throat> and of course, me and like I said, coming on here just a late hour. But like I said, these things do happen. And all of course, the WWUS Radio Network Group Tour has made its stop here. Of course, as promised, of course, at ROHUS Honor of the Ring, and uh, of course, the video is going on right now, even as we speak. And that group is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ROHUS Wrestling Honor if you want to uh, take a look at the video while we are while the show is going on here, as always. Um, like I said, the Iceman, J.D. Jared DiGirolamo, and the Human Supplies Machine, John Gross, are with me here this evening. Of course, uh, J.D. is a dual WWS Hall of Famer, 2015 and 17, uh, of course, Hall of Famer, as well as, of course, one of the hosts behind WWS Raw Radio, uh, <clears throat> of course, every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoot.com, as well as, of course, a big part of, our, of, of all of our other shows here in the radio network. Also, of course, John, uh, normally as he was on our chat box here, of course, he came on here and... Uh, Popped on here with popped on here tonight, of course, uh, lending his voice here, uh, and which of course is very appreciative, uh, as always. Uh, of course, John is the first 2016 WWE US Hall of Famer. He's also part of the Raw Radio broadcast team as well. Uh, <clears throat> have we gotten the news already out of the way, gentlemen? I have talked about a few stories, and I wanted to get your take. Yes, uh, uh, the first being which, of course, earlier tonight, and I did talk to you about the soft line earlier tonight, we understand that Alberto Del Rio, after winning the title with a questionable finish last night, has now given the title back to TNA, however. John weighed in with his thoughts, and I want to get your take on this whole story. Well, this is so, This is right here, of course, ladies and gentlemen, of course, as J.D. did mention, uh, was big time here last night, or sitting here, to have, of course, that, Alberto Del Rio and, of course, his, I guess you could say, new bride, Paige, is part of the new TNA. Bride to be. Yeah, bride to be. Bride yes. yeah, it's not that far off. I mean, everybody can automatically see that that's the case. But but, but that's a good point, John. It's a good, very good point. Yes. Bride, to, bride to be, yes. Um, but, um, but like I said, you know, everybody was still surprised to see both of them at the T, at, on TNA. Especially Paige. I mean, a lot of people were surprised about that. Yeah. But but like I said before, there uh, <clears throat> of course the latest development. Of course, JD did bring to my attention here earlier before, long well before uh, Revolution went on the air. Uh, turned out what happened. Uh, of course, he ended up giving the belt back, which. As as much as a surprise as, as, as that is, I mean, because everyone remembers Del Rio's character from the WWE. I mean, you know, he would never do something of that nature. My personal opinion, I mean, his, given his character, of course. But maybe, maybe, like I said, he had a spark of consciousness or something. Maybe going in, you know, after leaving TNA last night and all that. Maybe him and Paige talked it over. Maybe, you know. You know, like I said, if, if he was like a very honorable wrestling superstar, I mean, don't get me wrong, the man is talented. I'll give Del Rio that much, he, or wherever you want to call him now. The man is talented. Bar none. I mean, he comes from a big wrestling family. Of course, we did establish his uncle was the legendary Mill Masters. I mean, we all know that. Mm-hmm. But he, he, inducted, he inducted his uncle into the Hall of Fame several years ago, so we remember that too. But anyway, but anyway, my... Uh, Anyway, anyway, let's get into what I'm getting what I'm trying to say here. That it is 
you know, um, it is a it was a quite an honorable thing for for Alberto to do. Yet surprising. My, mm-hmm. my overall my overall take here, my overall personal opinion here. But uh, well, that's the way to see where this goes. I mean, I'm sure, like I said, uh, you're going out a lot of your top top choices right here going after it. I mean, I'm sure Lashley is going to be back in the hunt for it. I'm sure some of your other guys, you know, who I think J.D. told us the other night, uh, mm-hmm. came out and said, you know, that they deserve the opportunity. Guys like EC3 and mm-hmm. all of them, Mike. you know, I'm going to come out there. They're probably going to lay some claim. They're probably going to end up having some sort of maybe tournament or something. You know what I'm saying? To whoever, you know, win, I mean, like elimination thing, whatever. So whoever, exactly. So I mean, they're, they're going to do something big now. I mean, Del Rio obviously is going to be involved in this. Lashley is EC3. A lot of these guys are going to be involved in this. Mm-hmm. And of course, but of course, like, like you said, now with all with the majority of them leaving, I mean, you know, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if they put it back on Lashley, they put it on somebody else. I mean, that's going to be that's going to be your top thing. I mean, just when you're here, like all these. Superstars leaving. I mean, you, uh, everybody like I said, Kurt Angle's gone. Drew Galloway, you know the Hardys, um, Mike Bennett, Maria. I mean, mm-hmm. all of them. Like I said, I mean, you're your top league guy, guys and gals here. Mm-hmm. You, you know who who do you place on place the belt on next? That's a good that's question. Something ten. That's going to be something they're going to have to look at now with like trying to. Get all this revamped and everything. Of course, like I said, with uh, 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 that gentleman, was that gentleman's name Bruce Pritchard? Of course, I remember him as Brother Love back in the day. Yeah. You know, and he has the same birthday as I do. Can yes, you believe I that? Wow. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I do remember reading about that. That's yeah. right, John. So we're going to have to wait and see here, you know, how all this plays out. We're definitely going to have to do that. But uh, thank you very much, JD, for bringing all that to. Do, well, uh, there was well, one of the two stories we were going to discuss real quick. And okay. I just, real quick, John. One other story, obviously, you talk about uh, the TNA guys being let go. Uh, John and I discussed, just as you were coming on the line, uh, Matt and Jeff Hardy have already had early talks with WWE. John weighed in with his thoughts. Where do you think they're going to go with the Broken Hardys heading into WWE? Do they sign him at this point? Well, you know what? Everybody's been talking about this for a long time. I mean, first off, does WWE want the Hardys back? I mean, obviously, from what you just mentioned, the answer is yes. But, <clears throat> but in what capacity do they do they sign them? I mean, uh, you know, they they claim you know TNA claims that they can't use the broken thing because you know that was done in TNA. That's that's their property and all that. Even though, of course, we did hear. I think uh, we didn't hear that that was something Matt Hardy himself came up with. That was that was his idea. So, I mean, if it was his idea, he could probably do that anywhere he wanted to. But, I mean, if you think about it, if they did it in WWE, you know, it would be probably ten, it would be enhanced ten times more than it would be in TNA possibly. But uh, maybe kind of like something what they do with the, do with the Wyatts, maybe. I don't know. And keep in mind, you know, the the, the Twitter war they had between, uh, who was it, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I mean, so you know that you know that uh, if they sign them, that you know that's probably going to be one of the first ones they go after. Obviously, it might be maybe maybe the whites. Who knows? I mean, it was Bray in particular because you know of, of, of during their you know recent uh, tri- 
that is what they, what they call a Twitter war. They say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my uh, my other take here: um, do they but do they start them off with if they if they're allowing them to do a gimmick like this? Do they allow them to to go with it right away, or do they just do they just work maybe work up to that gimmick? Maybe mm-hmm. you yeah. know do they do they go as like you said as how they are, were remembered in WWE prior to leaving, or do they go on straight through with like I said what they look like now, or with how a lot of people may know them now? Mm-hmm. You know, do they want to see that in like I said in the place where you know where they really got their big big break? I mean, who knows? I mean, a lot of people may want to see that. You, yeah. you never know. That. You never you never know that. But like I said, I would say WWE, I would say WWE would be fools not to pass up another opportunity to re-sign one of the best tag teams that that, that they ever produced. I mean, keep in mind, like I said, yes, I'm sure they were discovered. Yes, they were discovered. They were discovered like it's on on independent circuit right here in North Carolina. Yes, yes, yes so that's how they got there. But like I said, they were they were not well known, and a lot of people. I'm not sure a lot of people do know this, that they were not well known until they hit it in WWF, and that's my personal. That's my personal. And, take. and I just got some breaking news in, guys. As I just read this, is apparently TNA tapings are these should air in a couple of weeks, but this is reports we just talked about. Uh, the story about Alberto Del Rio, however, possibly being the new number one contender for Lashley's title after giving back the title. Well, apparently tonight he did defeat EC3 to become the new number one contender. So for the second time in two nights, apparently Alberto Del Rio once again making a splash in more ways than one. Yeah, and see, like I said before, I mean, this was going to be, this, this is something I'm sure he was expecting to do. That you know, I mean, he was. I mean, this is is what you said. His second night, second night in TNA, yeah, and officially, and he was. He's going to do everything he possibly can to, like I said, make a make a big break in a, in, his, in his brand new, in apparently what seems to be his brand new home right now, and that is right now in TNA. Well. So, well. I know what you're saying, and I was going to say, what John and I said, and I said it last night, even when Michelle and Gerard and you came on, and John was in the chat box, I even said, and I'll say it again, I think TNA's done. I really do. I think they just think their last ship. I really do at this point. There's no way in hell they're going to stand for this. And it's it's on borrowed time. It's running on empty now at this point. I mean, you have him get back the title last night. Okay, that's understandable, however. And that was maybe the honorable thing to do, like you said. And I mean, it might be the case, and then you bring up a good point. But at the end of the night, however, what did you do last night? You showed up unexpectedly. You were given it on a silver platter. You won it because of a fluke. Now you're telling me you go back in the ring again, you beat EC3 basically, and you were forced to uh, confront EC3. EC3 questioned your um, so-called manhood, and you were challenged to a and you got challenged to a match like EC3. And what happens? Oh yeah, okay, we'll give him the title shot again because he earns it. Bullshit, bullshit is what I say because I don't think he deserves it. Well, no, I, no, and, and don't get me wrong. And, and like I said, I, I definitely agree with that assessment too. I mean, I mean, back in back in the day here, especially you know, back in the old WWF days, and, and like I said, I mean, because you you watched a lot of that older stuff, JD, and yeah, I mean, John, I'm sure you 
probably dabbled in it a little bit here and there. I mean, I definitely did. I mean, back since back in the mid-'80s, early-'90s, mm-hmm. stuff like that. That was one scenario that either rarely or never happened during that time. Yes. And that is if you appeared appeared in a appeared in a, you know, wrestling company for the very first time, you know, mm-hmm. you do like I said, had to work your way up in order to get an opportunity to get a shot at at one of the big you know I mean even if it wasn't the world title, it was it even was a shot at one of the belts that the company had to offer. Right mm-hmm. like, in WWF's case it was either the world title or the Intercontinental title, or heck, even even if you were a young tag team and you were in the tag belts, mm-hmm. I mean, you weren't just giving it on a silver platter. I mean, all of a sudden they started instant started instituting this this thing into to you know the programming. I mean, WWF did it. You know, WWE still does it to a certain degree to this very day. Um, WCW, of course, did it by, almost all the time, especially because I won key point I mentioned a long time ago, and that was obviously the one part uh, where Ric Flair handed his son the U.S. belt, mm-hmm. one of the most prestigious championships <laughs> in wrestling history, you know, during its WCW tenure, right there to, to, to his son, right there on, on, on a silver platter without him having even to even lay one finger on anybody to try to earn it. Yes. So, I mean, so like I said, I mean, like you said, that is not... I mean, well, how you describe it? Yes, I, I, you know, agree. I mean, and, and I mean, they might. He is a top superstar, and maybe that's probably why he thought, okay, I could go ahead and just waltz on in here and do this. Okay, yeah, that, that, that that's that's the mentality. That's only the mentality for a lot of your your key well known stars who establish themselves elsewhere. They're going to go somewhere else, and they're going to say, okay. I'm a big shot here. I'm a. I did this and that in this other company. I'm going to be able to do what I want to here. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he did, and that is and that is the whole. That is the whole. That is the whole shebang. That's the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I mean, he wants to try to. I mean, also, I'm sure he also read all the news, and everything about how DNA ah. is in and all that stuff. I said, okay, maybe I might be able to be the one if I won their belt, I can get TNA more notoriety or something. I mean, that's that's what they're looking at here. Mm-hmm. That's what he's. That's what uh, Berko is probably going in there thinking. You know, that's what he's going. That's what he's going to do. Yeah. Oh, I'd agree. I would agree. Uh, one thing also, and like I said, we'll talk about. We kind of touched upon it. It's not a wrestling thing, but it is kind of wrestling related. About Donald Schwarzenegger, he's quit the Apprentice, so we're not going to get into that discussion. But uh, we will discuss this Sunday how our very historical day, episode number 300, the Fastlane Show, and more ways than one. So, Chad, if you want to talk about that, and then, John, uh, if you want to take over birthdays and dates, I will be right back then. Okay, all right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, uh, let's take care of that uh, plug one more time here. 1724-444-7444, call ID 138055-POUND. This is episode 299 of the Mothership Broadcast. WWS Revolution. This is Friday, March third, two thousand and seventeen. Uh, <clears throat> of course, I have alongside me here this evening the Iceman JD Jared DiGiralmo, two thousand and fifteen to seventeen WWS Hall of Famer. Uh, of course, also part of the Raw Radio team. Of course, every Monday afternoon. Also, of course, uh, on the line here. I normally he's on the chat box here, but of course, due to certain circumstances, he came on. Um, he came on here. Uh, on, on the line here to see, and that's fine. That's fine. All right. 
Uh, the more the merrier, as I always say, right here in the radio network. The human suplex machine himself, John Gross, of course, uh, he is, of course, the first 2016 Hall of Famer, as well as, of course, big part of the Raw, also another big part of the Raw Radio broadcast team. And also, and also turning 26 this Tuesday. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes, indeed, and yes, indeed, and I'm sure, like I said, JD will make this announcement, or I'll probably do it myself here, but, uh, but, uh, yes, uh, uh, a very special day, indeed, coming up here, um, and I got to fix my calendar here, so I know what, what, what that March is. Tuesday, March 7th. Tuesday, March 7th. So, when we do episode 301 of Revolution, we'll probably... One of the things we'll probably end up doing is singing John a happy birthday. I don't know about <laughs> but, that. Uh, but, yes, of course, as J.D. did also mention, of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, episode 300 will, will finally take place this Sunday evening at 5 o'clock special edition of Revolution. Uh, of course, as we, of course, we'll do our prediction show for WWE Fastlane, which will be a, which will be a big time pay-per-view. We'll give our thoughts and opinions on that. But of course, ladies and gentlemen, we'll have an opportunity to to, to uh, go back and look at 300 episodes of Revolution. You know, if any moments have changed, you know, over the last 300 from the very first one that, uh, of course, the one I got started with here back in May of 15, to like I said, just more recently. So, heck, even they'll talk about this one. Who knows? But <laughs> but but definitely check us out Sunday afternoon at five o'clock. Special edition Revolution. Uh, call ID one three eight zero five five pound. Uh, now let's see. So JD, I mean, says so John's on the line. Let's, uh, John. Uh, you, I think you got or you got some history and birthdays here for us. I'm I'm interested to hear what you got. So let's see what we have on tap here. Go ahead, John. All right. Well, first, well, first before I do that, I uh, have just been informed that I'm looking at cage side seats right now, and um, WWE.com, ladies and gentlemen, has just announced. That AJ Styles and Randy Orton will meet this Tuesday night on SmackDown to determine who would face Bray Wyatt for the WWE Championship. Oh, that should be a good show in Indianapolis since Monday they'll be in Chicago. However, and also too uh, before John gets in anything else, as we've talked about all week, folks, and I know Chad has heard it too. And we've all said it, and I've been bragging about it like crazy. I'll continue to brag about it. This Monday afternoon will be a very historical episode of Monday Afternoon uh, Raw Radio as Sonny Ono, the manager of guys like the Ultimo Dragon, as well as many others, however, will be our very special in-studio guest at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The caller ID is 138744-POUND, so be sure to listen to that this coming Monday as we will have Sonny Ono on the show, and we will be talking about the aftermath of Fastlane as well as we continue to hype up WrestleMania. All right, Absolutely. shall I go on? Please, please, John, go ahead, go ahead and proceed. It was afterwards, after you take care of that, uh, we got our we got our activities here up and running, ready to go here. So you go ahead and take care of what you need to do, and then we'll go ahead and take care of that. Please proceed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ninety-five years ago today in Wichita, Kansas, Ed the Stringer Lewis defeated Finley as the Bisco to win the World Heavyweight Championship. 20 years ago today, WCW presented Nitro from the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. Of note, this would be the last ever event hosted by the home arena of WCW and its two spiritual procedures in Jim Crockett Promotions and GCW. 
The building also played host to WWE events. But most notably, the building hosted the first War Games match in 1987. And four Starcade events co-hosted in 1985 and 1986 and solely hosted in 1989 and 1992. The Omni would be torn down in July of 1999, just four months after the show aired, and would be replaced by the Phillips Arena. The building opened in September of 1999. And, um, let's see, there was nothing interesting on Monday Night Nitro, except we had Lex Luger and the Giants take on the Steiner Brothers. But also, 20 years ago today, on that same day, WWE had Raw in Berlin. I I think I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. Uh, there was a tournament to crown the uh, first WWE European champion. Okay. The show got a 1.9 rating, the second lowest in the show's history at the time. With pressure for WCW Mountain, Monday Night Raw became Raw is war. Uh, yeah. Um, and like, and getting back on the inter- tournament final, the uh, British Bulldog was the first ever European champion by the Fiend, his brother, Owen Hart. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, 14 years ago today on Raw from Uniondale, New York, Stone Cold Steve Austin made his first appearance on the show since his walkout from the company last summer. Often at one time, the face of the WWE grew frustrated of his dwindling position and the direction of his character. That frustration boiled in June when after he was asked to lose to Brock Lesnar in King of the Ring qualifying match on Raw. And I heard this story on Austin's DVD too. Austin and his wife, Deborah, left the company. It would be Austin's second walkout in three months. But the first time in the night after WrestleMania 18, two weeks after the second walkout, the couple was involved in a domestic dispute. With Deborah being <coughs> bruised in the back and shoulders and having a swollen cheek and eye, he was arrested and charged with domestic abuse in August. In November, he pled no contest and was fined $1 million and given one year probation, 80, 80 hours community service. It was reported that often WWE chairman, Vince McMahon, had resolved their difference and he had agreed to return to the company. He was fined heavily for this his walkout, took $650,000. But he was only able to talk it down to just two fifty thousand. Hmm. In Austin's return, he thanked the fans for his support over the last few months and will be confronted by his longtime rival, The Rock. Mm-hmm. Speaking of WWE, nine years ago today, the WWE Cruiserweight Championship was retired by Fornswoggle as the last champion. It was retired the previous September on an episode of SmackDown when Vicky Guerrero confiscated the title from Hornswoggle by order of Mr. McMahon. So the, the championship won in 1991 as the WCW Light Heavyweight Championship was revived in 1996 as the WCW Cruiserweight Championship 
and brought over in 2001 following WWE's purchase of WCW. Now, that title served as a cornerstone for SmackDown during the early days of the brand extension era. Gregory Helms' 385-day run is the longest in the title's history. Hmm. Rey Mysterio holds the most championships with eight. His first coming in 1996 for WCW and his last coming in 2003 for WWE. In all, 38 men and two women with Medusa and Daphne. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. There was, there's supposed to be 38 men and three women, because I know, I know Jacqueline was the Cruiserweight champion, too, mm-hmm. when she beat Chavo. I know that. But they said two women. I, I don't... I don't care. I don't care. cutting you off, but I remember reading somewhere, I think that some of those, um, some of those title runs, uh, I, I might have mentioned this on the air a couple times myself during some, uh, maybe one of our profiles or something like that. I'm not sure where I mentioned it, but I thought I may have, thought I may have mentioned something about that. There might have been some championships that may not have been honored by WWE, even though they actually happened. I think that was one of them. Yeah, the uh, championship was reborn on September 14th, almost nine years to the date of its deactivation. The new WWE Cruiserweight Championship has a separate lineage from the original. And if they, and guys, let me tell you, let me tell you all this. And you guys can agree with me on this. Um, I think at WrestleMania for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. You know when they did with the uh, Intercontinental Championship defended in a ladder match? I am thinking that seeing that a lot of cruiserweights are getting hotter by the second, I think I think and this this might come as a shock to y'all, but I definitely think that you fit, might see a cruiserweight battle at WrestleMania for the cruiserweight title in a ladder match, and I'll start with uh, Chad on that one. Uh, I definitely want to. I mean, that's, that, that, would be, that would possibly fit with the style that the, uh, that, you know, that, 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 that group of young wrestlers, you know, can uh, can uh, work, work around. I would say, yeah, why not? I wouldn't mind seeing that myself. I would before, okay. too. I think you got to. I mean, with the Cruiserweights, you got up on the international guys, like, uh, Noam Dar, Metallic, and uh, all those guys. I mean, why not? And what about like some cruiserweights from SmackDown? Like you have, you got Kalisto, and you well, and you got the nerd James Ellsworth, but yeah. he ain't no damn cruiserweight. Hell no. <laughs> Eight years ago today, Mr. T in an interview with the UK Mirror revealed he had turned down an invitation to go into the WWE Hall of Fame. His reason? Pete Rose got me first. No, seriously. He said the following. WWE asked me to be in the Hall of Fame, and I turned it down. You know why? They put Pete Rose in the Wrestling Hall of Fame. This guy can't even get into his own Hall of Fame after they put Rose in. They came and asked me, and I said, you don't insult me. You don't put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame before me. I ain't going to be a part of that. They put him in, and he only did one WrestleMania, and he didn't even wrestle. You want to know why, Mr. T, because he didn't wrestle in WrestleMania? 
because he was dropped three times on his head at three WrestleManias by Kane. Hmm. Rose actually appeared in three WrestleManias, 14, 15, and 16. One more than Mr. P. Drew Carey, who never appeared in a WrestleMania, also got ahead of Mr. T. But as for the former B.A. Barracuss, he would get in the hall in 2014. All right. Four years ago today, W... Oh, wait a minute. This goes... This needs to go back to uh, three years ago. Three years ago today. Four years... Three years ago today, WWE announced that William Moody, best known as Paul Bearer, J.D., do it. Do it. Oh, yes. <laughs> Paul Bearer would be most posthumously inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. The announcement came almost a year to the day of Moody's death. And also three years ago today on Raw from Chicago, Illinois, the Usos beat the New Age Outlaws to win the WWE Tag Team Championship. And this episode was most remembered for the supposed return of CM Punk. Well, that's what the Chicago crowd was expecting, but instead, Paul Heyman showed up. That would be the last time ever Living Caller's mega hit, Cult of Personality, played on WWE programming. And you I never know, it could, it could happen again this Monday in Chicago. They are in Chicago. Well, I, I, I wouldn't say that, Jenny. I wouldn't say it. Also on the card, the Wyatt family beat the Shield. And for the first time ever, Daniel Bryan, well, not the first because they wrestled in May of 2010, but the first time that Daniel Bryan and Batista wrestled in the main event. And we have a summer moment today. Um, Chad, I, I, I can't butcher the Japanese language. Hayabusa. Hayabusa, yes. He died of a superachoid hemorrhage in his home in Kamado, Tokyo, Japan. He was only 47. Now, if memory serves me correctly, he caught the eye of the WWE in 1995 but he turned it down. Yes. That's right. And in October of 2001, he uh, kind of injured himself, cracking two of his vertebrae, leaving him with a high of fever and in a state of paralysis. Now, that injury was a mortal wound to FMW, Yeah, he was also in, he was also in that match with uh, RVD. However, in Sabu, at Heat Wave '98, and it's also uh, Justin Gabriel's 36th birthday today. Yep. Um, he suffered a superoid hemorrhage due to a blood thinner he was taking at the time. That would run rush through his nose, and he vomited until he fell conscious and passed away. Mm. Yeah. That sucks. WWE star Kalisto wore that outfit in tribute to Hibasa at WrestleMania 36. That's right. I remember that now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I remember reading about that too. All right. So, I don't think we have any birthdays. So, 
Well, I, I mentioned think, the one. I mean, which was Gabriel, but other than that, I think we're okay. And then I'm going to give my prediction. I'm going to give my predictions in a little bit then on Fastlane then. Okay. All right, uh, John. Thank you very much, sir, sir, for providing us your recent history and birthdays. And JD, of course, I do thank you. Uh, uh, Dr. Senior, carefully thinking about it here for a minute. Um, I do thank you because uh, the surprise kind of has finally worn off, we'll say. <laughs> I do thank you, sir, for going ahead and spearheading revolution tonight and getting that going here for me and all. And I'll, uh, and I will return the favor with Raw Radio. Um, I've already made that thought, I thought about this and I already made that decision. So I'll make that call. With, I'll do that with Raw Radio sometime for you. Uh, but uh, let's go take care of this one more time. And then before J.D. does his predictions here, which I know that he wants to do, uh, I'm also, we're also going to do our course. Once again, we're going to do another list of matches here from that cagematch.net about the 100 matches, best matches to see before you die. But let's take care of this plug one more time. 1724-444-7444. Call ID 138055-POUND. You're listening to episode 299 of Mothership Broadcast, WWS Revolution. This is Friday, March the 3rd, 2017. I am once again Mr. WWS, Chad Hinshaw, back on the line here with you, alongside, of course, <clears throat> uh, uh, and no, ladies and gentlemen, it's not Raw Radio, it is Revolution. I do. <laughs> a lot of people might have gotten confused about that, fellas, but, uh, uh, this, but uh, no, this is, in fact, Revolution, of course. I do thank the Iceman, J.D. Jerky, Geralmo, and the Human Suppress Machine, John Burris, for a license spearheading tonight's episode here. Of course, did come in a little bit late under the wire, but uh, um, but we got it. We got a handle now. And of course, I, like I said, J.D. and John. Are, of course, J.D. of course is a 2015 and 17 Hall of Famer, and a big part of the Raw Radio broadcast team, and also a big part of our shows in the radio network. John is the first 2016 Hall of Famer. And, of course, also a big part of the Raw Radio broadcast team as well. Gentlemen, thank you very much there. I do greatly, I do greatly appreciate that. Uh, in the meantime, and like I said, as soon as J.D. gets, as soon as uh, we'll do our matches here, and then, like I said, we'll get J.D.'s predictions here for uh, tomorrow, I mean, for Sunday's uh, Fastlane pay-per-view. Okay. Here we go here with the second phase, numbers 21 through 30. Of the 100 best matches to see before you die, was compiled by WWE.com in 2014. Of course, courtesy of CageMatch.net, who's got this list up here and going here, of course. Let's go ahead and run them down. And of course, as we as we said, uh, which one of the two would you rather would you would you like to see? Well, this, and after careful consideration today, I decided this is this is, this is where we're going to do this. Which match would you rather see? Now, uh, than the other. There you go. If you had a choice between the two, there you go. So, if that makes it a little bit easier, there, fellas. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. JD and John, listen very carefully as we run down twenty-one through thirty. This won't take that long. Would you rather see Mick Foley versus Randy Orton in a hardcore match at Backlash in two thousand four, or the Royal Rumble match itself? From 1992, JD. I'm going to say the Royal Match from '92. Okay, of course, big time moment right there. I think we crowned the new champion at that paper. Yes, Rumble Rumble. Rumble. Woo! John, your take here, bud. Which one of these two would you rather see? I'll say the same thing. 
And of course, I've 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 already said it. And I'm going to say the same thing myself. Uh, uh, Flair came in at number three. He, of course, you got to keep in mind too. As I mentioned before, not only did he, of course, become the first, the the uh, first uh, ever uh, superstar to win a championship at a Royal Rumble, he also actually beat a record for staying in there the longest. Too, because I think the previous year was set by the model Rick Martel, and I think he actually beat that record uh, going into um, going into, like I said, uh, um, after winning the. Uh, uh, so, so, so everyone remembers that. So there you go. Yes. All right, all right. I'll say straight in a minute here, fellas. I mean, I'm still getting my bearings here just a bit. <laughs> uh, it's Friday, guys. You got to understand that, right? Yes. All right. Okay. All right, here we go here. A couple of WrestleMania matches here. Which one which one of the two would you rather see again? Would you rather see the Undertaker take on Triple H in a no holds barred match from WrestleMania twenty give me a second, twenty seven. Seven. Oh yeah. yes, I got it, yeah. Or would you rather see ah yes, the title match between Randy Savage and Ric Flair from WrestleMania eight in nineteen ninety two, J D. I'm going to go with Mania 8. I mean, 27 was good, but number 8 was pretty good, too. Absolutely. Of course, that was actually part of a double main event they had going on that year, too. It was quite interesting. Uh, of course, we all know that was right before someone that we all know and love uh, was taking a hiatus from wrestling at the time, too. So, mm-hmm. John, your thoughts here. Which, which one of these two matches? Mania 27. Oh, okay. Now, this was the one where Shawn Michaels referees. Is this, is this correct? No. Yes. WrestleMania 28. No, it was 27 because he super kicked him, remember? And they all left at the same time out of the... Uh, no, it was WrestleMania 28, J.D. Ah, uh, it was 27. I know it was because I've seen the match. Go back and watch it again if you can find it on the network. I know it's 27. Or Google it. Trust me. Because remember, John, Undertaker and Triple H did wrestle together against each other twice, uh, two WrestleManias in a row. Yeah. Right, this was 2011 when they did, and I thought for a certain Shawn Michaels was a referee in one of these, and I think this was the one. I'm not sure. And but, don't uh, forget, the uh, they wrestled in 2001, too. Yes. Well, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, of course, like I said, I mean, I'm talking, see, you also have to keep in mind, so this was this was later, later later on, of course, later on in their careers and all that stuff, as, what do they call it, end of an era match? I think it's yeah. what it was, what mm-hmm. they called it, yeah. That's right. All right, next two matches there, gentlemen. Would you rather see, once again, Chris Jericho taking on Shawn Michaels in a ladder match for No No Mercy in 2008, or Cactus Jack taking on Triple H in a street fight at the Royal Rumble in 2000? J.D.? I'm going to say the street fight in the Garden in 2000. Yes, and this is the one I think that this was, uh, I think Triple H kind of, in a sense, Retired at the time, retired Mick Foley at the time. It was a month later, no way out, actually, that he did. It was a month later he did that. Okay, all right. All right, thank you very much, J.D. Uh, John, which one of the two would you prefer yourself? Um, I'd have to prefer the uh, street fight match, because with these two fighting all, all throughout New York City, I mean, that right there was one of the best, ECW hardcore moment right there. I mean, when you have the thumbtacks and the 
barbed wire. And there was one point where Earl Hebner told Texas not to use that barbed wire, but he didn't. And, well, Texas Jack and Triple H, apparently. Well, they didn't listen. Well, that, that's true. That's true. Yeah, thank you very much, Eric John. Great analysis there. Uh, two great matches, four great guys. Uh, but, yeah, I got to go with the one from Royal Rumble 2000. I got to go with the Street Fight, too. This was a very brutal match. Uh, but, uh, indeed, indeed. And the next two are going to be kind of surprising. I'm going to be surprised. I'm not going to really be that much surprised as to which one of these these two that all of us pick here. But I think everyone will get a kick out of it. Anyway, which one, of the, which one of these two would you rather see again? Would you rather see Ric Flair taking on Sting at the first ever Clash of Champions in, from 1988? <coughs> or... or, or Brock Lesnar taking on CM Punk in a no DQ match at SummerSlam in 2013. JD, the Clash of the Champions '88. It was a 45 minute battle in Greensboro in your neck of the woods, and it was a hell of a war. Yes, that was a great. That was on the Sting DVD, if I'm not mistaken. And it's also, I think, on the Clash of the Champions DVD too. I gotta take a look. That one I gotta go. That gotta is good. That they because they have all great Clash of the Champion moments, and that's one of the matches they do have on there. Oh yes, and then of course, like I said, if you were to call that match today, man, I mean, it'd, it'd be too. It'd, it'd, you, well, you had Jr. called. I mean, that was all you need. Jr. selling it perfectly. Of course, absolutely, absolutely. John, your take or which of the following two matches would you rather see? I didn't watch Sting and Flair, so if I have to say Brock and CM Punk, I mean, both of them, two former Paul Heyman guys, Brock and Punk. Definitely. And I thought for a second that Punk had Brock's number there for a minute. Yeah. Ew. Right. Right. I mean, that was all, that was, in fact, that that was big time uh, brutality right there. I will give it that. Uh, of course, I'm not kind of JD. I'm kind of like old school myself. Uh, both, like this, once again, still great matches. I mean, I mean, would you would you compare a Ric Flair Sting match to any other? I mean, it's kind of hard to say. I would uh, say you put Flair and Sting up there with like Flair and maybe Race, or for that matter, you could put it like Dusty and Flair. Well, sure. I mean, absolutely. Anybody that Flair had a feud with, I mean, as an Undertaker used to call him, I mean, he made them famous big time. Yes, I big mean, time. I mean, and, I mean, Flair, I think, in a sense, has even said that on a couple of occasions. Oh, yeah, he said it in a couple of his DVDs, too, and then on a radio show, right. too. And I think that Sting, I think, was one of his favorite opponents, other than, say, like, uh, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, other than, like, maybe Steamboat or something. I think Sting was a, one one of those, like I said, that Flair enjoyed wrestling, I mean, back in the day and all that stuff. I mean, I heard him brag about it and talk about it all the time, I mean. I think it was Flair that inducted Sting here not too long ago in the Hall of Fame anyway. So mm-hmm. um, so that was – I would have to go with the one for Clash of Champions myself. I mean, like I said, we're all – we're both old school here. And, and, and John, there's no shame. There's, there's nothing wrong with your choice as well. Like I said, it was a great match too. I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah. but it was a good match as well. All right, two more – another set here, and then we will go directly to the predictions for uh, Fastlane. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, – these two here, oh, this is going to be interesting to hear uh, your uh, your thoughts here, gentlemen. Let me go ahead and read them here. Would you rather see one more time a ladder match from No Mercy 1999 pitting Christian and Edge 
against the new brood, which would be Jeff and Matt Hardy, or would you rather see from Starcade 1985 an I Quit Steel Cage, Magnum TA versus Tully Blanchard? JD. Magnum and Tully, without question, what a war that was, both in and out of the ring. I mean, the Terry Invitational was great, too, but the steel cage match in Greensboro, again, in your neck of the woods, was one hell of a fight. Yes, and of course, like I said, matches like this, you know, definitely what made Greensboro one of the wrestling matches in, in the area. Yep. Uh, that, that, that up and down, up and down the East Coast, basically. I mean, it was one of those that uh, definitely put, kind of put Greensboro on the map in that sense. Uh, of course, like I said, me, of course, not too far from like places like, of course, WWE's neck of the woods up north and all that stuff. I mean, Greensboro was one of those that uh, was really kind of like Greensboro and Charlotte, basically, for example, were two places that was going to be dominant. Also. Uh, G- uh, John, same question. Um, 1999, the Hardys against Edge and Christian. Right, and of course, this actually, this right here was kind of hyped up a little bit too, uh, with I think Gangrel siding with the Hardys. I think if I'm not mistaken. Uh, um, I know for a while they were they were teaming up with. Uh, um, yeah, Gangrel signed. Yeah, Gangrel right. signed with the Hardy Boys the one time, and then yeah. um, the winner of this match had to get was receive the manager services of Terry. And money was involved, fifteen grand, wasn't it? Fifteen thousand, I think. Yeah, fifteen grand. So uh, that right. was a great war. Right. Before, before the deal with with the Hardys switching over to Gangrel, didn't they have I think Michael Hayes as their manager at one point? I think. Yes, yes, he did. But, they yeah, they they had Michael Hayes at one time, and then they switched it over to Gangrel. Right, and then because let's say Edge and Christian got off the uh, the uh, brood kick and all that, so there you go. So. Uh, great man. Oh, oh, I got to get mine. That's right. Um, well, two great ones here. Like I said before, two great tag teams. Of course, who revolutionized uh, tag team wrestling you know, in the Attitude Era, in my personal opinion. Uh, also, of course, um, another great one here. Of course, from uh, from the days of the NWA. Of course, which, like I said, which helped put Greensboro, North Carolina, on the map as one of your wrestling meccas. Uh, I got to go with the steel cage match too. I mean. I mean, we, you know, matches like that, like I said, really put really put wrestling up in the forefront back in the day. Uh, you know, not too far, not too long after, I'm sure WrestleMania happened. Of course, like I said, WrestleMania and Starcade at the time were at each other's throats as to being which 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 other which you know pay per view which event was like the dom- most dominant one. Even though they happened at different times of the year, which one was the more dominant at the time and of course, like I said, it was kind of hard to say because, like I said, if you were a wrestling fan back in the day, I don't think it really made, made any difference to anybody because, like I said, it, wrestling was wrestling back in the day. Uh-huh. So, and all of it was about the same. And none of it really, you know, up until, like I said, they'd start doing the the PG thing in WWE and all that stuff and all that, that didn't really change how you looked at wrestling. I mean, like I said, if, you, if it was wrestling, you didn't care how, you didn't care how long you didn't. You didn't care how long. Uh, um, you didn't care how long uh, it uh, it lasted and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Just as long as you got a chance to uh, enjoy. This as long as this as long as you got a chance to watch wrestling back in the day and all that stuff. So there you go. But uh, great reviews are there, gentlemen. And of course, like I said, once again next week, uh, we'll go back and. Um, 
And of course, like I said, we'll need to definitely get GTS and MLD uh, their thoughts and opinions on the first 30 matches we have done so far. There's plenty of them left to do, and so we'll definitely, like I said, uh, work on doing some more of those here uh, starting once again here next week. Uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, let me, and of course, I got to find uh, for something to uh, write with right here uh, because, like I said, as we, as I always do, I always have this as the key for, uh, for our, of course, for WWE pay-per-view here. Let me find something here to write on. Uh, Everybody join me now. Say, all right, John, join me. No, 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 Nice job, guys. Nice job, indeed. Okay, well, okay, well, I can work some. I can work. I can work. I can work it out with this. All right. Uh, <coughs> let me. Uh, of course, also I got to get my. Uh, I got to even look at this too. I mean, look at the uh, the match line up here too. So that way we can do this. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, we're going to have some fun here in the next next little bit here, and of course. Uh, that Caddyshack thing never gets old. Do you know that? It never gets old. That's why I, that's why I enjoy doing it. Hey. So, but like I said, as long as y'all don't mind me mind listening to me doing it, that's that's all that matters. I know uh, this is off the subject real quick though, but did you I'm looking at this right now and I this is the one website I look sometimes for non wrestling related news college football. You know that this year they're gonna have three bowl games in Atlanta, including the championship ball game? Three what? College football bowl games this year, including the championship bowl game this coming season. Where at? In Atlanta, the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium that they're building for the Falcons is going to cost them $1.5 billion. Holy cow. They're doing the Peach Bowl New Year's Day. A week later, it's going to be the national championship game, and then they're having an early game sometime before Christmas, but they haven't announced the other games yet. But, yeah, this year's championship game is going to be on January 8th. And, of course... Uh, It'll be the week after the Rose Bowl. That'll be this year's national championship game in Atlanta, Georgia. My goodness, indeed. My goodness, indeed. Yes. Uh, that's going to be shocking to see. Mm-hmm. All right, John, we're going to get yours in today, too. What? Predictions. Your predictions. Yes. Okay, all right. All right, we'll do, we'll do it down there. We'll do it like this here for right now, and then I'll work with the rest of them here a little bit later. Okay, gentlemen, I got the eight matches listed here that we have that we have lined up here for uh, this Sunday's here Fastlane. Of course, taking place here uh, in in uh, what was it? What was it? Bugs uh, Bunny uh, um, said in the cartoon one time, Millie Walkay. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was Wayne's World. Yeah, but I heard Bugs Bunny. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Millie Walkay for all costumes for the good land. I was not aware of that. I think Milwaukee's the only place that has three something mayors. Does this guy know how to play on my right? Right? It looks like, right. like, looks like uh, right. 
I watched the clip actually, and get off subject one, one one more time before we do this. I watched the clip the other day of when he's interviewing the guy from that arcade, and he writes on the back of the card. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> this man has no penis. Yes, classic, <laughs> classic. He blows goats. I have proof. Yes, yeah. They've been playing that so much on cable lately. It's been crazy. And then, and then the and then the, the lady that that one that they came they came there with him and and said, I think I really did really really well. I said, oh, they were all laughing up in that little room, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I said, okay. All right. Here we go. Here, guys. Here we go. We're going we're going to do it just like this. Uh, I'll read the matches here. And like I said, uh, JD and John, of course, give uh, like I said your takes here, and then just decide who you you think will win the match. Okay. First off, here in the pre-show. Is a cruiserweight tag team match pitting Rich Swan and Akira Tozawa. Gesundheit, to, to, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Takes off the team of the Brian Kendrick and Noam Dar, of course, Alicia Fox and Noam Dar's and Brian Kendrick's corner. Uh, JD, uh, your thoughts on who will win this match? Well, hopefully they give these guys some time to work with. You know, it would be nice to see it happen, and I think it's going to happen. I see a match going six, maybe five, six minutes. It should be good. But you know what, however, I think Rich Swan and uh, Toa's are going to win this one. Okay, you think that uh, Swan and Akira here are going to? Yeah, because I think Kendrick and uh, his partner just know him. I mean, he hasn't really seen eye to eye with uh, the Japanese guy. I don't know if Dar can trust uh, Kendrick in this case. And you know Dar is going to be focused on Alicia the whole time. That's going to probably play a part in this. And obviously, of course, Kendrick's going to not be happy with that, though. Absolutely. Uh, John, your thoughts about this match? <laughs> yeah, I agree with J.D. on that. Okay. So, those of you saying that the team of Swan and Akira, I'm just going to say his first name, I didn't even want to try to pronounce that again. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no disrespect. Uh, I, I don't want to butcher the name. Um, you think that they're going to uh, be more focused and pull off the win in that match. Okay. All right. We have that set up. Okay. First, okay here we go with with the, with the uh, matches for, for the show itself. Okay. Here we go. And uh, this may not be in no particular order here, of course, but they'll change it up later on. But, of course, our list here, we're going to do it our way right here. First off, uh, the match for the Universal title. Of course, Kevin Owens defending the belt against Goldberg. JD, your thoughts on this match, please? This is going to be good. This is going to be. This has been a pretty good hyped-up match. At the end of the day, however, I just think you're going to see Jericho play a part in this. However, and who knows? Do we see Brock Lesnar show up, or they do they wait till Monday Night in Chicago and then really start building up the Goldberg Lesnar affair? I think you're going to see that happen. Jericho will be playing a part in this. However, we saw what happened in Germany last week at the house show. We haven't seen Jericho back in a few weeks. I think Jericho does return here and cost KO the match, and this really sets up the big view now for WrestleMania. So you are picking the man, Mr. Goldberg. And it's going to be about a 10-minute match, I think. I think oh, he, Goldberg's going to have his work cut out for him, however. Okay. All right. Uh, I, just hope, I just hope it's not going to be like like a, a second match, he'll be just 
I think I agree, Janie. It could be ten minutes, but um, you can't. The thing, gonna, is, the thing is, sorry, John. I don't mean to interrupt you. The thing is, and Chad will back me up, as I'm sure you will too, John. And anyone else will be on. They'd say the same thing. You cannot do what you did, at Survivor. You cannot make it a quick squash. You do, you'll piss every fan off, and that'll really have a bad taste in everyone's mouth heading into WrestleMania. You can't do it this time. Of course. And I don't, I don't think that will happen. I don't think um, so, but you never know. No. Well, I think Goldberg's going to win. So you're okay. So, so far, both are in sync thing that Goldberg <laughs> is KO to win the Universal Belt. Okay? Yeah. All right. Okay, thank you very much, here, gentlemen. Next matchup we have lined up is a singles match pitting Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Well, this has been high. Boo. Uh, JD, let's hear your take your first one. It's been a great build-up, however, and uh, Braun has been really invincible and has just absolutely plowed through Roman through this whole program so far, however. But Roman has got to find a way to get back on the high horse if he really wants to get in that big match with The Undertaker. The question again here is, does Taker show up here, or do they tease it until Monday night or possibly next week in Detroit? We really don't know, but they're going to have to do something, however, mind you, however. At the end of the day, I just think strong. I mean, I wanted to say originally, I said it earlier, I would have said last week on Raw Radio and John Harvey at the time, I said Rome, but now that I'm leaning towards what after having Monday night in, uh, where were they, Green Bay, I think you have to go with Strowman. So I'm going to go with Strowman in this one. Okay. All right, John, your take? Okay. And JD's not going to like me for saying this, but I got to say it. And even though I may not like it, I think Roman Reigns is going to win. Huh? Too bad Michelle's got the flu and she's not here. Otherwise, she would have done a spear on you right now for that. I, I, I have never. I did not think you were going to say that. I did not expect that coming. Well, it's, well, Reigns wins. Uh, but I just don't stand. Can't stand Reigns personally. But I'm rooting for him. Okay, well, we have right. our first we have our first difference here. Uh, JD's going with Braun Strowman to beat Roman, while John's going with Roman to beat Braun. So, and you know the uh, way that I've seen things prospectively between Braun and Roman, they just they just could have done one or two choices. One, make it a no holds barred match. Two, two, challenge. Ivor, who would face The Undertaker at WrestleMania, that's what I would have done. That's what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Right. And of course, you know, it's possible the last minute their opponent will end up changing the type of match it is anyway. They always do. Well, I know. Yeah. So, so you, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. But good. But uh, thank you for your choices there, gentlemen, so far. Next up here is the Cruiserweight title match pitting the champion Neville against Jack Gallagher. J.D., your pick, please. Well, I don't like Jack Gallagher. I have not been a fan of him since the very beginning. I think Neville oh, is still... Oh, come on, J.D. The guy's a Mary Poppins wannabe. I'm sorry. You know what? Neville is the true king of the Cruiserweights, and he will stay king of the Cruiserweights, because I think you're setting something up, maybe, like you said, for WrestleMania, whether it be in a big Cruiserweight Invitational ladder match, or you could see a surprise here, Austin Aries and Neville. I'm just saying, and Michelle said it too, you could see it in Orlando. So you're saying you're saying Neville the will The king of the Cruiserweights will retain, yes. 
Okay. John, your your choice? Well, I'm gonna have I think I might have to agree with my co panel host, even though I even though I like Jack Gallagher, but I think Neville's just gonna be too strong and powerful to beat Gallagher. Okay. All right. Okay, so we've got both going for Neville to retain the belt. All right, tag team title match. The champions, the club, Gallows and Anderson, taking on Enzo and Big Cass, J.D. Well, you think about it, they are kind of starting to tease a little bit of Enzo and Cass in the breakup, but I don't think it's happening just yet. However, Gallows and Anderson, however, have run through pretty good so far in the tag wars. However, although, however, they need a big, really strong win here, it happens here, however, as in they continue their push, however, heading into Mania, however. I'm going to take... Uh, uh, Gallus and Anderson. But you're going to have the club to retain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. All right, John, your your choice. I'm taking the club. You're taking the club. And no, you, no, John's not taking the device you put on your steering wheel, your car, or he's not going to eat a club sandwich. He's talking about the infamous or group, club uh, soda. Or club yeah. soda, that's good. Or wash it down with a club or soda. Or go out yeah, clubbing. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or a baseball bat with a club. <laughs> Yeah, that, Catch yeah, me outside. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> or, of course, they, or of course yeah, in a deck of playing cards, be sure you watch out for the clubs. Yeah, there you go. All right. Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> that was a nice touch, John. Nice touch. Okay. All right. Ne- next one here, of course, the women's title match. I thought this is going to be one that's definitely going to be hyped up here for uh, fast lane here. Bailey going in as champion, defending once again. Uh, do we? Do we? Do I dare say the name? There, there. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, yes. Uh, of course, the queen. As I as I heard this term said before, but I'm going to use it in this case. The queen of loopholes, uh, Charlotte Flair. She's a queen of something. That she is a queen of that loopholes. She's uh, definitely that. No doubt. Uh, let's let's hear your take, man. About the women's title match. Sixteen and zero. Who would have thought it? Could we see the final first loss, however, before Mania, however, play a part in this? Or could we see Charlotte sneak her way through her chihuahua, Dana Brooke, cheat for her and make it lucky number 17, however, one year shy of the legal limit? You know what, however? Sometimes, however, you have to take a loss. And in this case, you will lose. This is your first loss here, Charlotte. So you're taking Bailey through Yes, I'm going with Bailey. Okay. Uh, John? And I'll second that as well. Okay. And both J.D. and John are very, very strong about this match, indeed. Uh, but it's like, a, as, as I, I heard that term said about Jericho in WCW, he was called the king of loopholes. And I said, you know what? With, with Charlotte getting so many opportunities at this belt, every time she loses it, she's pretty much in the same boat. So there you go. Uh, next up here, another women's match here. So, uh, Bailey's friend Sasha Banks taking on Nia Jax. JD, you're taking on this match. The monster Nia versus the boss. Nia has definitely been dominant against Sasha, as we've seen. And she's going to continue to remain dominant, as much as I hate to say it. I think right now, however, Bailey better watch her butt, no pun intended, however, because I think she's in for a rude awakening in Orlando. Because, I mean, this could be your next woman's champion here coming up very soon. I would say, you're crazy, J.D. No, I'm not crazy. Nia Jax has shown she can be dominant when she wants to. And Charlotte, of course, found out the hard way. However, 
that on Monday night despite being her partner. So if Charlotte's going to try to piss her off or anyone's going to piss her off, good luck because you're messing right now with a volcano that's ready to explode at any time. Nia will win this, and right now I'm going to go on record of saying even one more time, Nia will win at WrestleMania. Oh, okay. J.D. is going with Nia Owens' boss in this case. Okay. John, your take on Sasha versus Nia Jax. You know what? I'm going to have to say uh, Sasha Banks. You're going to go on, you're going with Sasha. Okay. So we have two differences here so far here. Uh, out, of, uh, out of, of course, we're coming up on the eighth and last match here for Fastlane and already in the seven, seven matches already presented. Uh, two out of the seven, of course, J.D. and John feel very uh, differently about. But like I said, you know, we're, we were, going, we're going to expect this anyway. And the final match here, gentlemen, to uh, get your take on is another singles match pitting Sami Zayn versus Samoa Joe. And Samoa Joe's first uh, WWE big-time big WWE pay-per-view encounter. J.D., your thoughts on this match, please. Sammy, we saw back in December, if you remember, had that big match with Braun and barely survived. Does he survive the war here against the Samoan submission machine, and can he stay in one piece and leave in Milwaukee in one piece going into Raw Monday Night Chicago? That's going to be tough to do. At the end of the day, I hate to say it, as much as I love Sammy, Mr. Ole Ole Ole, it's going to be the Kikina Clutch, and I hate to say it, Joe's going to choke <laughs> out Sammy in this one. You're taking Samoa Joe to pull this one. Yep. Okay. All right, John, your take on Sammy, Sammy Zane versus Samoa Joe. He's beaten Reigns and Cesaro before, but I'm sure he's going to beat Sammy Zane tonight. So Samoa Joe is definitely going to be your winner. Okay. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much for giving us your take about this uh, on this pay-per-view. Let's go ahead and run down, run down one more time. Of course, we'll run them down this Sunday. During our 300th episode of Revolution, of course, our prediction show for Fastlane, but we'll go ahead and run them down here right fast here for for the for, the, for our two gentlemen right here. Uh, of course, uh, in the cruiserweight tag match, both are saying that Rich Swan and Akira Tozawa. You got I, it. I got it. Actually, you butcher oh, this time. I, 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 right I, I, on. I was, there you I go. Was <laughs> I was looking at it straightforward. <laughs> I was able to get okay. Uh, both are saying saying that both these gentlemen are going to pull the win off here in the pre-show. Uh, the Universal title match, both are saying that Goldberg is going to defeat KO. Uh, in the Roman Braun match, uh, this is the first one that, of course, they had a little bit difference of, of opinion. Uh, JD says that Braun Strowman is going to pull the win off. John believes that Roman Reigns is going to pull the win off. Cruiserweight title match, uh, both saying Neville is going to, pull, going to retain here. Tag team title match, both are saying that the club is going to retain here. The women's title match, and both feel very, very strongly about this, that Charlotte's going to suffer a big-time pay-per-view loss here, and Bailey is going to retain the women's title. Uh, and the second match that I had a little a, a different opinion on, J.D. believes that Nia Jax is going to win the match, while John believes that Sasha Banks is going to pull the win off here. And in the final one between Sammy and Samoa Joe, both feel that Samoa Joe is going to pull the win off here. Now, gentlemen, based on the two differences you have, you have two opportunities here. Do we see a bet between either one of you or either one of the two you had a difference on? Yep. Uh-oh. I knew it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, okay, now keep on. Let me go ahead and reiterate one more time. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I had to, I had to spit something out. My, my apologies. Uh, 
the two, like we said before, that we had differences on are the Roman Reigns Braun Strowman match and the Sasha, Sasha Banks Nia Jax match. All right, GD, uh, name your stakes. Go ahead. My stakes are going to be in the women's match, Sasha and Nia. Ooh, okay. And here are the stakes. Monday, no. the day <laughs> on Raw, on Raw Radio. However, when if Sasha should win, however, mind you, however, I'm thinking, however, here I'm thinking here I'm thinking here. Okay, when if Sasha should win, at the end of the show, we will play Sasha's theme to close the show. If Nia wins, we close it out with Nia. All right, John, okay. has been named. Do you accept the terms? Yes. Okay. I will um, accept the terms. Okay, so let jump. So so far, jump, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you do have it here from JD and John on the Sasha Banks Nia Jax match. This Sasha Banks wins at the end of Raw Radio. I think JD did just now said it that Sasha Banks theme will be played. I think to end the show. I think it's what you were saying, JD. Yes. But but if Nia Jax wins, it will be Nia Jax's theme that will end Raw Radio this coming Monday afternoon. Right. Uh, what about would you would y'all like to place one on the other match that y'all had a different different phone? Um, Roman and Strowman. I'm gonna wait a while. I'm I'm gonna pull off on that one because. Mm-hmm. Okay. For now, and by the way, I know I talked about this, and I sent it to you guys too, and I hope you guys did see the video. However, but uh, in case anyone did not see the video, however, if you all have watched the show *Practical Jokers*, however, which I have, and is one of my funniest favorite shows to watch, these four guys are all best friends from New York. They grew up together. They've been best friends a long time. Well, last night, however, in one of the newer episodes, they had Bubba Ray Dudley, Tommy Dreamer, and Velvet Sky on. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you get a chance to watch the skit that they did, however, by basically ripping the pants off of all the Jokers, however, including when Tommy Dreamer did it, uh, I sent two different clips of it, however, of what Tommy Dreamer did, because he's been on one other time, but the time that, that they all did it together, like I said, all three of them did it against the guys, however, except for uh, the one Joker who had a little kid do it. I mean, your sides will hurt so hard from laughing. I mean... You'll pee yourself. I mean, I almost did it last night after we got off the air last night because I watched it because I taped it from earlier in the evening, the first showing. But I swear to God, it was so funny. There was one time Tommy Dreamer came up and almost literally gave a nut shot to one of the guys. And Tommy just grabbed the pants out of the guy's hand and just almost gave him a wedgie. But how he did it, though, it almost looked like he was giving him a total full blow to the nuts. But I swear to God, Bubba Ray Dudley was on there, and he was known as Bully Ray at the time, but Velvet Sky in there, mm-mm, mm-mm, and I am jealous that he is basically almost married her, but the thing is, though, when he came out, however, and just pulled the prank on the one guy, Sal, and Tommy got the one guy, Brian Quinn, AKQ, I mean, you guys will just, you gotta watch it, the video, I mean, I sent it to you guys all on your page, how, Facebook pages, and you'll laugh, it's just, it's so freaking hysterically funny. Well, we'll definitely we'll definitely look at that again, KD. Uh, thank you very much for letting, letting us know about that. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, thank you for your predictions. Like I said, we will definitely read them off on episode 300 of Revolution. Of course, our fascinating prediction show 
special edition of Revolution, of course, this Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m., 138055 pounds. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we go in, we go ahead and we'll go in a little bit of overtime here since this is Friday night here. Uh, I figured we'd go a little bit extreme. Uh, found some categories all about ECW, and I'm going I'm, I'm to kind of tickle uh, JD's brain a little bit here. All right. Uh, I, I found here, ah, let me see here. Uh, let me see here. Yes, 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 yes. Ha, <laughs> ha. Uh, surprisingly enough, I actually found some, um, you know what, I've got a good idea. We'll do this. Uh, it's, a, it's a very difficult category. It's about 20 questions long. This covers the history of ECW, covering pay-per-views, title history, and other miscellaneous stuff. I think uh, this is going to definitely, this is going to definitely poke at JD's brain a little bit. Well, ECW, of course, is right there around his neck of the woods right there. Yep, about four or five hours away just outside of Philly. There you go. So I think I think it's gonna be I think this is gonna be time for J D to be really, really be tested. I'm not we're not doubting J D's intelligence, ladies and gentlemen. But we would love to see what he knows. So John, like I said, of course you of course as always, John, you can play too. I mean I'm not I'm not I'm gonna play. You're ruling you out. There too. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready this to go. Very, this is a very difficult category. I will tell you out of twenty questions. The average score is only seven. Right. So maybe JD, maybe JD and John may be able to get a little bit more on it than uh, <clears throat> than um, than your average score. Okay, here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> first question: Ravens first ECW title was on was won on which date? Was it January twenty eighth of ninety six? January twenty seventh ninety six? February twenty seventh, ninety six, or January twenty seventh, ninety five. JD. I'm gonna say D. February twenty seventh, nineteen ninety five. Okay. Well, well, that one is January twenty seventh, ninety five. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're saying that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, John. I will say the same. All right, both are saying January twenty seventh, ninety five. Okay. We'll check the we'll check the results here at the end of the questioning. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Next question. Which team did the Eliminators defeat for their first ECW tag team titles? Was it the team of Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck, the Dudley Boys, the Gangsters, or the team of Two Cold Scorpio and the Sandman? JD. C, the Gangsters. The Gangsters. John? The Gangsters. Okay. <laughs> I like how y'all said Gangsta. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. Now, y'all cool. Y'all cool. Okay. All right. This is what I'm going I don't have any choices for this, and this one is what I'm going to have to type in. So, y'all think about this one very carefully. Uh, but the answer, it will, I can tell you, will be a Japanese team. So, think Japanese here. Which tag team did Sabu and RVD face at Heat Wave 1998? JD. I just talked about this earlier tonight. Hayabusa and Jinzei Suzuki. Jinzei? Uh, John? Hayabusa. And, and I, okay, I'm just going to shorten and put Hayabusa and Suzuki. Samurai. Hayabusa no. and Suzuki. Samurai. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Bonsai. Sorry. Oh, the card, man. The card throws me off. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll get we'll we'll check it here. Okay, we're not doubting, not doubting. We're going we're going to see what happens there here in just a minute. 
Next question. Who was the first valet of the blue meanie? Was it Miss Beulah, Angel, Francine, or Miss Patricia? J.D. Miss Beulah. J.D., I mean, John? Miss Beulah. Okay, Miss Beulah, okay. Question number five. Who was the very first ECW opponent of RVD? Was it Axel Rotten, Little Guido, Sabu, or Chris Jericho? J.D. I just watched this, actually, on the RVD One of a Kind DVD about a month ago. Axel Rotten. Axel Rotten, okay. John? Axel Rotten. Okay. Not Axel right. Rowe. <laughs> there you go. Axel Foley from Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. <laughs> Where's Serge when you need him? There you go. Put banana in the tailpipe. There you go. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Oh, and they ordered from, what was it? They sent the waiter out and they said, uh, he uh, put, yeah, that's when he did the banana in the tailpipe when he ordered the uh, busboy to or order the food for Taggart and uh, Rosewood. Yeah, was it shrimp and something else? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, shrimp. I think it was pop. And I think it was a salad. I think it was a salad. If I remember. I can't remember. I gotta find the clip yeah. though. There you go. That's it. That's it. That was a great movie though. Oh, great it's a movie. fantastic movie. Funny as hell. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, we're gonna go a little bit past over eleven o'clock here, guys. So be ready here and stay up all night long. Okay. Yes. All right. Next question. Danny Doring's valet and fiance of the summer and fall of nineteen ninety nine. Is now better known as who? JD. What was the question again? One more time. Sorry. Danny Danny Doring's valet and fiance of the summer and fall of 1999. Electra. Is better known as who? Electra. Okay, but here's but I do have a hint for you. Oh, okay. WWF and Hardys. Lita. It's congeniality. Okay, and John. Lita. Okay, okay. If you would have said late 99, 2000, it was Electra. But, yeah, I remember she was in ECW for that time. She was managing her and him. And right, okay, okay. The angry, the angry Amish warrior chicken plucker, as uh, Joey Styles used to call the roadkill. And speaking of Joey Styles, name the manager who made ECW commentator Joey Styles break out in hives any time he came near her. <laughs> was it Stevie Richards? Jason, the Blue Meanie, or Damian Kane, J.D.? I'm going to say Stevie Richards because Stevie Richards and him had a lot of issues, I remember, with each other. John. Stevie Richards. Stevie Richards, okay. Question number eight. Whom did Stevie Richards once file a sexual harassment suit against? Was it Tammy Sitch, Don Marie, Missy Hyatt, or Beulah? J.D. Missy Hyatt. J.D., I mean, John? Missy Hyatt. Missy Hyatt, okay. Question number nine. We're barely, we're getting halfway there, guys. Which of the following matches was the main event of November to Remember, 1995? Was it Taz versus RVD, Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk versus Shane Douglas and Brian Lee, Sabu versus Hack Myers, or Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk versus Raven and Cactus Jack? J.D. I'm going to say B as in boy. Tommy and Terry versus Shane and Brian Lee. Okay, John. B as in boy. B as in boy, okay. We'll do it. Question number 10, halfway here, guys. Which three people, out of the choices I give you, which of the which three people interfered on behalf of Jerry Lawler 
when he was fighting Tommy Dreamer at Hardcore Heaven 1997? Was it Rick Rude, Sonny, and Jake Roberts? D, Jake Roberts, Rick Rude, and Bam Bam? D, Jake Roberts, Sonny, and Lance Storm? Or D, Rick Rude, Sonny, and Chris Candido? J.D.? I'm going to say A. You say Rick Rude, Sonny, and Jake Roberts. Okay, John. A. I'll say A. Okay. All right. Ten questions down, ten more to go, guys. Here we go. We're on a roll here. All right. <clears throat> Taz versus Shane Douglas for the ECW Heavyweight title was the main event of which of the following ECW pay per views? Was it WrestlePalooza 98, Guilty as Charge 99, Hardcore Heaven 97, or Heat Wave 98? JD. I know this was in Kissimmee, Florida. It was Heat Wave 99. Heat Wave 98? 99. Well, I, the choices I have, the only 99 I have is Guilty as Charged. Yeah, that's it. Yep. That, that, that one, okay. Guilty as Charged 99, okay. Saying that, John? Saying the thing. All right, Guilty as Charged 99, it is, okay. Question number 12. What was the main event of the very last ECW pay-per-view guilty as charged in 2001? Was it Rhino versus the Sandman, Jerry Lynn versus RVD, Rhino versus RVD, or Jerry Lynn versus Rhino? JD. One of the best underrated feuds for a long time, especially the latter years of ECW, Mr. Whole Effin Show versus Jerry Effin Lynn, the whole new Effin Show. Oh, okay. And John? Uh, Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn versus RBD? Yep. Okay, all right, we got that down. Question number 13. What was the name of Mikey Whipwreck's very first tag partner in ECW? Was it Cactus Jack, Paul Laura, Tommy Dreamer, or, or J.T. Smith? J.D.? Cactus Jack. John? Cactus Jack. Okay. Question number 14. Which three wrestlers made up the first triple threat? Was it Shane Douglas, Chris Benoit, and Dean Malenko? Shane Douglas, Brian Lee, and Chris Candido? Shane Douglas, Bam Bam, and Chris Candido? Or Shane Douglas, Chris Candido, and Lance Storm? J.D.? I'm going to say B. Shane, Brian Lee, and Chris Candido. Okay, Mm -hmm. John? B. He is in boy. He is in boy. Thank you, sir. All right. Question number 15. How many actual Dudley half brothers existed during the span of ECW? Nine, seven, six, or eight? KD? Six. Six. John? Six, six, six. Whoa. Easy there, buddy. Easy there. Uh, I was only getting six. I know you are, but I know you're saying six. I got you, but don't worry about it. I know what you're talking about. Question number 16. At which ECW event did Steve Austin make his ECW debut? Was it Gangsta's Paradise 95, Heat Wave 95, Double Tables 95, or November to Remember 95? J.D.? November to Remember 95. John? November to Remember 95. Okay, all right. Question number 17. Which wrestler did Cactus Jack face in his very last match in ECW? Was it Sabu, 
The Sandman, Axel Rotten, or Mikey Whipwreck? JD. Sabu. Sabu. John. Sabu. Sabu. All right. Question number 18. Who was Shane Douglas's mystery partner at Experience the Difference in 1994? Was it Steve Austin, Brian Pillman, Tommy Dreamer, or Two Cold Scorpio? JD. Scorpio. Uh, John? Uh, Scorpio. Scorpio, okay. Question number 19. Who won the last Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko match held in ECW? Was it A, neither, because both men's shoulders were pinned down at the same time, B, Malenko, C, Guerrero, or D, neither, it was a time limit draw? J.D.? It was a time limit draw. John? Time limit draw. Okay. And last question here, guys, and then we'll check the answers here. What is the date of ECW's very first pay-per-view, Barry? Barry. Oh, I can't believe I said Barry. Barely. I, I know. But I, barely I legal. Yeah, my name is Barry Legal. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I run a law Yeah, Barely. <laughs> barely Legal, yeah. All right. I know. I know what I... When I sip of the tongue, guys, I know that's true. Oh, it was it April twentieth, ninety seven, March twenty first, ninety seven, April thirteenth, ninety eight, or April thirteenth, ninety seven? JD. I know this. This was the day Tiger was won his first golf tournament too at the Masters. Sunday, April thirteenth, nineteen ninety seven, at nine p.m. And I have the pay per view too. Yeah. Uh, I can say the same JD said. Okay. All right, guys. Let's see how we do. Remember, like I said, the average is 7 out of 20. And I'm sure, like I said, J.D. Town is very, very confident here. Let's see how we did on here. Good luck there, gentlemen. Answer submitted. Here we go. Okay, question number one. <clears throat> Ravens' first ECW title was won on, and, and, and J.D., you said January 27th, 95. It was January 27th, 96. Ooh, okay. Raven defeated the Sandman for his first ECW title in the ECW arena on that date. Okay. Next question. Who 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 did the Eliminators defeat for the first ECW tag team titles? You said the Gangsters. The correct answer, Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck. Oh, I should have known that. Darn it. What? Perry Saturn and John Cronos defeated Cactus Jack and Mikey Whipwreck for the belts. At the Big Apple Blizzard Blast on February That's 3rd, right. 1990. Yeah, I should have known that one. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Oh, well, I'm not going to be there about that one. Okay, question number three. <clears throat> uh, which tag team did Sabu and RVD face at Heat Wave 98? Y'all said Hayabusa and Suzuki. Well, part of that was right. It's, it was Hayabusa and Jinsi Shinzaki. Suzuki, I said Suzuki. I made a mistake in pronouncing it then. <clears throat> uh, and it was making their only ECW appearances, of course, at Heat Wave in August of 98. There you go. It was defeated by Sabu and RVD. Okay. Question number four. The first valet of the Blue Mini, uh, I think, J.D., you said Miss Bula. Mm-hmm. It was Miss Patricia. Darn it. Or Miss Patricia, or as she was called, the Mini Babe. Mini oh, babe, I like that. <laughs> the mini, mini babe, yeah. yeah. Was the Blue Mini's first valet. Later on, Jasmine St. Clair became his valet. Oh, yes, oh, I remember that. Oh, boy. She's still good looking to this day. Yep. 
was her time that she actually did 300 guys on on, on a video once. She did time. more than 300 guys. I would think she. I heard she was <laughs> bisexual too. Yeah, she. Oh, yeah, she did. Oh, that's not going into that detail, but yeah. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Question number five: Very first ECW opponent RVD. It was in fact Axel Rotten at house party January fourth, nineteen ninety six. Number uh, question number six: Danny Dorn's valet and fiance would go on to be known as. You guessed it, uh, JD. It was Lita. She was also known as Angelica and later Miss Congeniality. Oh crap! I can't even talk. Congeniality. There you go. When she was in ECW, she was the valet and fiance of Danny Dorn for a few months in '99 before they had a falling out, and she moved on to fame in the WWF. There you go. Okay. Believe it or not, 81 people of the people that played this so far knew that answer. Huh. Unbelievable. Question number seven. <clears throat> The manager who made Joey Styles break out in hives anytime he came near, I think JD you said Stevie Richards. Mm-hmm. It was Jason. Jason Knight. Oh, okay. Jason dubbed the world's sexiest man and manager of many ECW stars during his time would cause Joey Styles to break out in hives anytime he came near, leaving Joey itching at himself hilariously. Oh Lord. <laughs> okay, yeah. <clears throat> Okay. Next question. Who did, who did Stevie Richards once file a sexual harassment suit against? It was, in fact, Missy Hyatt. Two months after receiving a kiss from Missy, Stevie Richards filed suit only to drop it, drop it six months later when Missy agreed to dump the Sandman and leave ECW. Okay. Huh. Question number nine. Uh, which of the following matches was the main event in November to November 95? You said Tommy and Terry versus Shane Douglas and Brian Lee. Well, you got one of the teams right. It was t- it was Dreamer and Funk versus Raven and Cactus Jack. Ah, okay. But uh, <clears throat> uh, I'll read this. Uh, Dreamer and Funk defeating Raven and Cactus Jack in November to remember 95 in the main event. Sabu versus Hagen Myers appeared on the card in 95 but wasn't the main event. Dreamer and Funk versus Douglas and Lee may have ended the 96 version of November to Remember. So a year later, J.D., they did. So technically, in a way, you were right, but it was a year later. Okay. Well, RVD versus Taz didn't occur until the 99 event. Okay, there you go. Uh, a little history there, too. Very interesting history, by the way, too. Question number 10. <clears throat> Which three people interfered on behalf of Jerry Lawler at Hardcore Heaven 97? It was, in fact, Rick Rude, Sonny, and Jake Roberts. And despite that interference, Jerry Lawler was still defeated by Tommy Dreamer at Hardcore Heaven 97. I remember seeing that run-in. That was a pretty good run-in. Mm-hmm. Uh, question number 11, uh, which is the following, Tad versus Shane Douglas for the ECW belt. It was, in fact, guilty as charged 99. He had that one right. Number 12, the very last ECW pay-per-view, guilty as charged 2001. It was in fact RVD defeating Jerry Lynn in the main event of that, so that one was correct. Question number thirteen: What was the name of Mikey Whipwreck's first tag partner in ECW? You said Cactus Jack JD. It was Paul Loria. Oh, okay. He had his first success in a tag team with Cactus. Although he had his first success in a tag team with Cactus Jack. At five from five, the giant Paul Laurie was Mikey Whipwreck's very first ECW tag partner in the short-lived Young, Dra- Young Dragons tandem. 
Warrior would eventually come back to ECW a few times, mostly losing to Mikey in grudge matches. Huh. Okay, there you go. Uh, who made up the first ever triple threat? You said Shane, Brian Lee, and Chris Candido. It was Shane, Chris Benoit, and Dean Malenko. Ooh, I should know that one. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Forming in early 95, Shane Douglas, Benoit, and Malenko were the original triple threat in ECW. They were forming an alliance in WCW four and a half years later with Perry Saturn as the Revolution. Douglas, Lee, and Candido were the second version of the triple threat. They formed in 96 through early 97 when Lee left and was replaced by Bam Bam Bigelow. Douglas, Candido, and Storm were never an official triple threat, but acted as a unit after Bigelow left the group for a few months. Uh, Number 15, how many actual Dudley Hat Brothers existed during ECW? You said six. The answer was nine. Nine guy, big dick, dances with Dudley. Not not counting the occasional cameos like the Bushwhackers, there were nine Dudley Hat Brothers during the years in ECW. There was, get these names, these are some funny names here, guys. There was Dudley Dudley, Snot Dudley, Big Dick Dudley. <laughs> Who we lost, actually. Sign Guy, Rizzo. Don, Sign Guy Dudley. I remember him. Chubby Dudley. I remember him. Dances with Dudley. I should have remembered that one, yep. And, of course, the three we all remember, Bubba Ray, Devon, and Spike. There you go. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. Lobby, hey, you learn something new every day doing this. This yes. is my best. Uh, uh, which ECW event does Steve Austin make his debut? You said November to remember '95, JD. It was Gangsta's Paradise '95. Yep. During a backstage segment, dressed as Hulk Hogan, dubbed himself the Steveister at Gangsta's Paradise '1995. Superstar Steve Austin was staying in ECW until December '95 before leaving for wrestling fame in the WWF. There you go. So it was that. It was that year, but it was a different event. Right. 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 Which wrestler did Captain Jack face in his very last match in ECW? You said Sabu. Believe it or not, it was Mikey Whipwreck. Chipwreck. Darn it. At the big ASP asked Extreme Bash in the ECW arena in his last night in ECW. After the match, Cactus with Stevie Richards in the Blue Meanie did a strut out of the ECW arena and moved on to WWF as Mankind. Okay. <clears throat> Question number 18. Who was Shane Douglas's mystery partner at Experience of Difference 94? You said two cold Scorpio. It was Brian Pillman. And November, November 94, November 7th, <clears throat> Shane Douglas defeated Ron Simmons successfully defended the ECW title. Afterwards, Simmons partner two cold Scorpio jumped the champ and then the two then they then laid Douglas out. Later in the show, Shane Douglas challenged the two men to a tag bout. At the next ECW show, experience a difference. Except for two weeks later, November 19th, Shane said he would bring in a partner who was not a part of ECW. Simmons and Scorpio accepted, although Steve Austin was originally scheduled to be the mystery partner, an injury kept him from appearing. Brian Pillman, Austin's partner in the Hollywood Blondes WCW, took his place as Shane Douglas's partner. The pair lost, however, to Ron Simmons and Two Cold Scorpio in the main event of the show. Okay. Uh, next question, who won the last match between Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko in ECW? 
You said neither because of the time limit draw. It was neither because both men's shoulders were pinned down at the same time. The last bout between Guerrero and Malenko and ECW went to a draw when both men's shoulders were counted out, counted down at the same time. In the third fall of a two out of three falls encounter, they would, of course, then go on to WCW and WWF in the following years. There you go. And, of course, the very first pay-per-view very legal took place. J.D. was correct. It was April 13, 1997. Well, y'all going to be surprised to hear this. <laughs> I did say the average score was seven here. And believe it or not, you tied it. <laughs> you tied it. Dang it. Only seven out of the 20 questions were answered oh, well, correct. We tried. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, but like I said, you kind of pick at your brain a little bit on these, and uh, so you got the, uh, uh, you know what, uh, hmm. hold that thought for a second. I mean, I know, uh, I know, like I said, it's Friday night, I want to do something else, but, uh, you know, I like to, uh, I tell you what, let me see here. There was a short one here somewhere. Uh, no, no, that's not it. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Uh, of course, where is it? Um, I'm sure y'all are familiar with a lot of the rest the, the wrestling terms that are used in wrestling. Yep. Okay. Well, let's do a quick one of those. I'd like to see what your see what your knowledge of of these are here. Okay. So, um. Uh, of course, it's commonly used slang in the professional wrestling industry. Okay. So keep, so keep that in mind. All right. Like words that you would normally hear in wrestling. Right. right. Okay. Okay. All right. Ten questions, guys. Average score is seven out of ten here. So, J.D. and John, if you're ready, gentlemen. Ready. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Here we go here. Question number one. What is the term used to describe when a superstar incorrectly executes a maneuver? Is it a bump, a blade, a berry, or a botch? J.D. Botch. Uh, John? Botch. Jesus! What the? Oh, Botch. Botch, remember when they said uh, Botchamania? Have you guys checked out Botchamania when the guy says, Jesus! Yeah, I have. I've seen part of that. Yeah, I know you're talking about That's what it reminds me of. (laughs) Okay, well... And of course, I do, John. Jo, I do appreciate you waking me, waking me up here too. I was about to fall asleep. <laughs> nice job, John. Nice job. I like that. Uh, question number two: A bomb scare is a term that refers to an event that has a very low attendance. Is this true or false, JD? True. John. True. True. Okay. Question number three: Out of the following four terms. Which one does not mean the same as babyface? Is it A, fan favorite, B, good guy, C, heel, or D, they all mean the same as babyface? J.D. C. You're saying C. John. D. D, indeed, okay. Question number four. A person who creates matches and writes storylines is called a booker. What does WWE call their bookers? Booker T? No, I'm speaking. Lazy. <laughs> Is it A, a dream team, B, expert writers, 
C, wrestling dialoguers, or D, a creative team? J.D. D, creative team. Creative team. John? You can also say E, lazy. You <laughs> say E, what? You can call them E, lazy. That's even lazy. That's <laughs> their ratings. I, I have to agree with you. I'll agree with you on that one, too, J.D. Okay, no? okay, J.D., okay. Um, and I'll say lazy. No, no, creative team. I <laughs> <laughs> that... John, come on, man. We expect me to do it. Okay. No, oh, I'm just, uh, uh, y'all, that, that's good. I like that, J.D. I like that. I really do. Question number five. <laughs> I'm going to laugh at this guy after I get through watching this. Which of the following shows would not be considered a B show? Is it SmackDown, Heat, Velocity, or TNA Explosion? JD. SmackDown. John? SmackDown. Or in the storyline, I think I've heard Stephanie and them often refer to SmackDown as the B show. <laughs> yep. Okay. Question number six When two superstars continually wrestle each other and become enemies, this is called a feud. The correct term to describe the final match in a feud is called a blow-up. Is this true or false, J.D.? False. John? False. Okay. Or lazy. Not as big. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Question number seven. In the early days of pro wrestling, female wrestlers were not called divas. What were they actually called? Were they called blades, bulls, bozarks, or botches? J.D. Botches. Oh, Lord. Are you serious? Uh, John. Botches. Uh, it's a good thing they actually changed the the second letter there. If that said an eye on there, man, I would have died. <laughs> yeah. Question number eight. Which of the following terms does not have to do with a wrestler bleeding? Is it blading, blade, bury, or busted open? J.D. Bury. Okay. John. Barry. Barry, okay. Question number nine. A referee being blind refers to him having him or her having their back turned. Heels usually capitalize on this situation. Is this true or false? J.D.? True. John? True. True, okay. And this is what I'm going to have to type. The last one I'm going to type in here, guys. The last question. A term commonly used Describe an independent wrestling promotion that has very low notability. It's called what kind of wrestling, J.D.? What is it again? A term commonly used to describe an independent wrestling promotion that has very low notability. It's called what kind of wrestling? It is called independent. Okay, well, so that would... So, okay, well, well, it's saying here to describe an independent wrestling promotion that has very low notability. Oh, um, a pass. I have no idea. Okay, John? Uh, I'll pass. Yeah. You're going to pass gas? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's see how we do here, guys. Okay, question number one. It wasn't the superstar in any great executes a maneuver. It's called a botch. Okay. Question number two. A bomb. It wasn't, in fact, true. 
Bomb scares are usually untelevised events in small-town arenas. ECW, in its old days, was known for having many low-attendance ratings. Question number three, and we all know this, of course, we talk about this all the time, the word heel is not in the same category as a babyface. A heel in professional wrestling is usually a bad guy who the fans dislike. Babyfaces and tweeners are the wrestlers that the fans cheer for in every match. For example, during most of his career, Jeff Jarrett has been considered a heel. On the other hand, Rey Mysterio was mostly has mostly been a good guy. Question number four. Yes, WWE calls their bookers their creative team. Yes, some wrestlers like Finley and Jamie Noble are both wrestlers and writers. Some other members of the WWE creative team, of course, was the late Dusty Rhodes and also, of course, Damn. Ron Simmons. Yeah. Question number five. SmackDown would not be considered a B-show. That is correct. Uh, a B-show is an event that features lower-level talented superstars and recaps of the main shows. Most wrestlers get their starts at these type of, types of events. Uh, number six. Uh, the, the correct term to describe the final match in the few is called a blow-up. Uh, it is actually false. It's actually called a blow-off. A blow-up in wrestling slang refers to a point in a match when the competitor is completely out of energy. You usually result in an unscheduled match ending. All right, question number seven. In the early days of pro wrestling, uh, female wrestlers were not called divas. They were called, J.D., you said botches. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, guys, they were called Bozarks. Bozark mm. referred to any female wrestler. Nobody actually knows where the thing came from, but in the early 1970s, they changed it to Diva. Yeah. They don't know where the term came from. Interesting. Uh, question number eight. Uh, Barry, of course, does not have to do with a wrestler bleeding. Barry refers to when a superstar loses a match after the match because of the fans or the booker's disliking of that person. Question number nine. Uh, of course, refer to being blind refers to him having their back turned, and this is true. The heels are the bad guys, and they always seem to take the unfair advantage. And the quote. Last one here, we passed on this question. A term commonly, again, let me repeat this one more time, and when I tell you the answer, you all probably understand that you'll probably get what this is. The term that is commonly used to describe an independent wrestling promotion that's very low notability. It's called what kind of wrestling? The correct answer is backyard. Hmm. Again, referring to the original ECW, they started as a promotion with very little fans. As soon as more fans began to realize and adapt to their extreme, extreme ways, ECW got out of its backyard wrestling stage. So there you go. It's called backyard wrestling. That's where you, you might see that. Uh, you know, you might see. Uh, now I think they put out some video games called I think backyard wrestling or something like that. So all in all, guys, the average score was seven out of ten, and you got eight of them right. So there you go. Nice. This one, this one was nice. Big time here. Big time here. I do appreciate that, there, guys. And we'll try all these once again here next week. Of course, we'll have the questions back up and rolling here as well. On that note there, gentlemen. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to head off, and uh, I will catch you all um, next Monday. This Monday, as J.D. said, we do have a lot to talk about. For Fast Lane, we will have also 
Bonnie Ono, the uh, WCW Japanese manager who used to manage the Ultimo Dragon. I can't wait to talk to him as well. Um, and also, Sunday night, you got your uh, little rant and rave about Fastlane. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. John, thank you very Beware much. Beware for the pipe bombs. Beware for the pipe bombs <laughs> and explosions to begin. As this is me. Thank you very much, John, for popping on here, sir. I do greatly appreciate that, sir. Thank you very much. And also, and also next week, folks, next week, in addition to the 300th episode on Sunday, full Tuesday, happy birthday to me. I'll be yeah. turning 26. Don't, don't forget this. Two six, ladies and gentlemen. Two six. Good night, everyone. Two six. Good night, there, John. Take care. Have a good weekend. All right. On that note, uh, I do want to thank the Ice Man, J.D. Girolamo, and the Human Supply Machine, John Gross, for not only, of course, coming on here with me here this evening for episode two ninety nine of Revolution. Of course, our live video feed coming from ROH US Honor of the Ring. Uh, <clears throat> tonight's uh, video was very, very successful. But also, I do want to thank J.D. and John, of course, as I said before, for covering for me. I was on a little late getting on here and getting things rolling. But I do thank them for popping on here and uh, for getting things going here, of course, starting the, starting the, the discussions here a little bit uh, uh, early, uh, early here and all that. And I do thank both of you gentlemen for, for doing that here. I definitely take care of that. I do appreciate it. Uh, gentlemen, thank you. And again, once again, uh, tomorrow afternoon, uh, like I said, we're going to start at 4 o'clock for WWS Power Hour as we review all the shows of the radio network here of this week. Plus, also, we'll give you our thoughts on the uh, on the uh, number of downloads here for each show here of this past week. Plus, also, I will give some, I'll do a little wrestling history and birthday for tomorrow as well, a little bit early here as well to kind of help out things for Monday. Also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, Sunday afternoon at 5, don't forget, episode number 300, very historic edition of WWS Revolution. Of course, it will be our 300th episode of the Mothership broadcast itself. But, of course, also it will be our prediction show for WWE Fastlane, so be sure to join us for, for all that as well. For the Iceman, J.D., Jared DiGirolamo, and the Human Supplies Machine, John Gross, and all the members of the panel way too tough to handle of the radio network, this is Mr. WWS Chad Hinchelson, and thank you so much for joining us here this evening. And WWS Revolution is a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com, where we're over one year older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. Gentlemen, take care. See you in the ring. And as always, here in the and radio network. before we go, I got something to close us out for, and I want to talk to you after the show too, Chad. In honor of ECW, since you did close us out. This is only fitting. It's the BWO theme, and I think everyone's going to like it. So, like Chad said, folks, have a good weekend, everyone. Be safe. Be careful out there, Chad, like you said, and I will talk to you after. So, here's a little uh, ECW tribute to you all tonight as we close out the week, a little BWO style. Enjoy, everyone. Appreciate it. Thank you.